Hi there, I am Ivy Lasseter, the host of the Four Parents Podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Pop in your earbuds and multitask while we talk about parenting things. Lessons learned, funny stories, and practical wisdom from normal people who have been there. Today I'm talking with Terlyn and Daryl, parents of five children. Their oldest three are biological and the younger two are adopted. I initially met them through my good friend, Matt. He works with Daryl and said he and his wife are just really great parents. And after our conversation, I totally agree. By God's grace in their lives, they are just very good parents. So we talk about a lot of different things in this conversation from fostering, adoption, schooling, general parenting decisions, and it is so full of spiritual wisdom so full. <laughs> and I'm just excited to share this conversation with you. Here it is. What compelled you to start to foster? We d- adopted our first child first that wasn't through foster care. So we had already adopted one. Okay. Um, and I can tell you that story if you want to hear that story. But um, our church, we were at a church in uh, Irving at the time. They did a month-long um, spotlight on foster care. Wow. And okay. they uh, had people come up and speak about kiddos who were needing families. They had someone speak about CASA, um, just about the system as a whole. Uh And there was something called uh, the Heart Gallery, which is pictures of kiddos awaiting adoption in the state of Texas. Uh And so in our foyer, there were all of these pictures of all these kids. Um, He was actually out of town and he didn't get to see all the things that I got to see. Um, But one of the things they also did was they had a a magazine Mm -hmm. and in the magazine, there were all these articles about how you can be involved in foster care. And I was reading it in bed one night and I remember just kind of slamming it shut and being like, I don't want to be a foster parent. Uh And he was like, "Um, okay, (laughs) (laughs) we don't have to be because we hadn't really um, ever discussed it, but I was kind of feeling this stirring. Yeah. And so... um, Fast forward a little bit of time, and we ended up going to a training um, at our church that was put on by um, a child licensing organization. Okay. And they, uh, I think their idea was to scare you away because meaning- Because uh-huh. it's wanted, hard. Yeah. They wanted yeah. to, to um, make sure people weren't getting into something that they didn't realize mm-hmm. what they were getting into. And we were scared away. And we were like, oh, no, I don't I don't think this is the right time for us. And at the time, we had little- Little Did you kids. have four kids at we the time? We had three at three, the time. Okay. When we first started this journey, we had three okay. biological kiddos. And I think they were, what, five, five. seven, and what is that, four? Five, yeah, seven, and- Something like that. They were young. They were okay. relatively yes. young. Yeah. All yes. under probably seven or eight. Seven, yeah. yeah. And so- um, we just said, no, we, that's not what we're, we're called to do. But we'd started a stirring in us. And so we started praying and researching. And um, through that praying and researching, the Lord actually led us to an agency in East Texas um, called Loving Alternative. It's a, a YWAM agency, uh-huh. so Youth with a Mission. Yeah. Um, and they only place between three and 10 babies a year. And it's not foster care. Uh-huh. Um, it was actually adoption. And so that's how we adopted our first little one. Wow. Um, So it wasn't through the foster care system. And so um, we waited, I don't know what, about a year. We went through all of our training and stuff and then we waited about a year and we got the call um, to come and meet a birth mom. Um, And she, we hit it off with her and she um, wanted to meet us again a second time and bring the birth dad in to meet our family. And ultimately they chose our family to place their Little girl with and so for to foster or to this adopt? was to adopt. To, uh-huh. Okay, okay, our first okay. got it, got it, got it. Yeah, and then so that was our first placement, and then after that, um, we kind of felt like um, we knew we wanted to do it again. We knew uh-huh. that we weren't done. We um, always thought there was more than one. Yeah. We always thought there was at least going to be two, and I think I think some of that was probably because there ended up being a there's a six year gap between our third and our fourth. Okay, and so I kind of think we thought. We intentionally had our older three kind of mm-hmm. around two years apart. Mm-hmm. So I kind of think just mm-hmm. watching them grow up together, play together, we kind of wanted that for. You wanted the fourth to have somebody to play yes. with kind of thing. Yeah. Like and a- yeah, we just always felt like there was probably one more, at least one more. Um, I even thought at one point, maybe there's two more. Maybe we have three and three. I don't know. But that's not what the Lord did. And mm-hmm. thankfully, and our families 
complete. Yes. Um, as far as we know at this point. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, so we thought there was going to be another one and we just started praying. And I have always had a heart for um, Africa, certain countries in Africa. Uh-huh. And so we kept praying. I thought maybe that we were supposed to adopt internationally. And the Lord just kept closing door after door as wow. I would research. And I kept having this little voice in the back of my mind about foster care. And but my wise, but I still didn't want to. And my wise husband said, let's take the month of January and just separately pray and oh, ask the good. Lord what we're supposed to do. Let's yeah. not talk about it anymore. Let's not research anything else anymore. Let's just ask the Lord. And so we did. We took a full month and we came back together at the end of the month of January. And um, he, I think he said, do you want to go first or do you want me to? Uh-huh. <laughs> and, I, and I don't remember who went first, but one of us said, I think it was him. And he said, I think we're supposed to foster. And I was like, oh, me too. I don't, like, you know. Right. Shoot. But you're not super yeah. thrilled about that. But yeah. You know but we felt wants. like yeah. that was what we were supposed to yeah. do. And so we were licensed pretty quickly. And there is such a need for foster families in mm-hmm. in North Texas, especially in the whole state of Texas, but um, and probably all over the country yeah. um, that we were placed with the, our very first placement. Um, we ended up adopting him. We were placed with him. What? Like. Less than a month after Easy. we were, yeah, right after away. we were, as soon as we were licensed. licensed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you thought, okay, we're going to start this foster, did you think it might lead to adoption? You or so would, when you, you know get, what I mean? Yeah. So when you get um, licensed to a foster, you can get dual license. So you can. We always tell people you foster to foster. The right. state of Texas is right. a reunification state. You don't go into foster care thinking this is how I'm going to be able to adopt necessarily, uh-huh. but you can get dual licensed. So you can, which we encourage everybody that we work with, we encourage people to get dual licensed if you are adoption minded at all. Um, because those kiddos are in your home and if you, they can stay with you, then that's ideal, right? So there's right. not another disruption and another trauma for them. Right. Um, and so we were dual licensed foster and adopt. And so when the time came for you know, him to be able to be adopted. We were ready, already licensed. Yeah. How? And there was, there was enough going on in his case that um, even from the day one, CPS was like, Hey, th- there's a good chance that you're going to have an opportunity to adopt. Right. Yeah. They're very, one of the very first questions they asked me was, are you adoption motivated? <laughs> because they can see the circumstances around kind of thing. Is Every that- case is different, right. but this particular family had been in the system before. And uh-huh. so they just knew enough that they just, yeah. they wanted to know up front, are you adoption motivated before they even placed him in our right. home? So, yeah. So that's how. Yeah. That's how you can have five (laughs) children. That's how we can have five children. (laughs) So I want to hear like, Daryl, what made you go? We just need to stop researching and talking. Let's take a month and pray. Like what prompted you to do that? Um, So at the time, um, our church would take the month of January and kind of Imago Day topics. Uh And Uh so issues and to pray through and fast through Mm -hmm. those things. And so, uh, oh, uh, sanctity of life. Mm. Um, racial reconciliation, mm-hmm. um, uh, nations, nations, um, taking the gospel to the nations. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, neighborhood to nations. Um, so it was kind of already in the rhythm of mm-hmm. our church. Okay. And so there's already, a um, a desire to get the body to be praying about these things anyway. Okay. And so it just, and we had experienced a pretty traumatic, mm-hmm. we thought there was maybe a child for us. Um, in Memphis and the, the agency that we were starting to work with turned out to be shady Oh is, gosh. is a nice way of saying it. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Um, anyway, so it, it turned out to be kind of a, a roller coaster Christmas that year. Mm-hmm. And so it just through those circumstances, through the church already being encouraged to pray, it was just seemed to be a natural um through us kind of having some conflict, quite honestly, uh-huh. and not being on the same page yep. of just, okay, Lord, like, let's pray. That's yeah. what, that's, yeah. you know, yeah. all too often I end up wanting to take action uh-huh. and where the best action I could do is pray. Absolutely. And, yeah. And the Lord just 100% mm-hmm. took care of it and put, got us on the same page. Uh-huh. It's really cool because, um, so we, we work with foster 
care um, and adoption group at our church. And one of the things that we've learned through the years is um, oftentimes there is a what they call a dragger and a draggy. Yes. Right? So one <laughs> of the two, yes. one of the two really wants to do this and they drag their spouse along mm-hmm. to the information meetings and the trainings and things like that. Um, but it's so important to t- stop, take the time mm-hmm. and allow the Lord to get you on the same page. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't want to enter into something like this. That's such a major life experience with not being on the same page in your marriage. It's so good. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think you can get in this like vortex of information and discussion and opinions and that you really, then you can't even hear God's voice. Yep. Exactly. So then to go, we're not going to do any of that right now. We're going to take this time. I just think that's really wise for any sort of big decision your Mm -hmm. family is making, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And what may be right for us might not be the right. That might not be what the Lord's asking someone else to do, but it might be what the Lord's asking us to do. That's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that was, it it did turn into an obedience issue, Mm -hmm. but it also at the same time was awesome. Mm -hmm. It's been, it has been, is, will be. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's been wonderful. So how old were your older three kids when this happened? Sorry, and so, ages no, are okay. hard to ask. It is, well, yeah, it's been, a, it's been a minute. So we, um, our youngest is now about to turn eight, and we finalized his adoption when he was two. Okay. Um, so our, and then our next one is eleven, and and then my youngest biological child is seventeen. So she was six okay. when we brought in our first adopted little girl. Okay. Um, so, and then her older brothers are each two years older than that. So <laughs> six, eight, and 10. <laughs> there we go. There we did the math. There you go. So did you involve them in these decisions? What did that look like? That was actually one of the best parts about no. all of it. Um, so just, um, okay, why are we adopting? And so being able yeah. to have questions around, hey, not everybody's family is like ours. And there's there are other things that happen. And so that led to... Um, some interesting discussions about just the brokenness mm-hmm. of other homes, the brokenness of other individuals and families. And yeah. um, again, Terrilyn's always been great about you just want to give them just enough, enough information that they can handle right. and not take it too far. Sometimes dad takes it too far. <laughs> You're like, why are we telling this detail? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a good way of putting it. Dad sometimes gives a little too much detail. Um, but Terrilyn's really good about just giving them what they need and then you can kind of tell if they're good and Mm -hmm. move on until the next one. But, um, yes. And so we included them the entire way. So when we put a, a a book together to take to the agency, they were a part of that. They knew, um, you know, when you're getting licensed, you're going to trainings. And so. We had to find people to to watch our mm-hmm. I mean, it's our a, younger three. For y'all, so. it was a big commitment. It was. All the time, sure. yeah. It was. We yeah. had them at the very, very beginning. We uh, we talked to them about, you know, our thought that this is what the Lord wanted us to do. And we asked them to pray with us. Yeah. And so they had ownership in it. Mm-hmm. Um, we even told them, what is this? what could this possibly look like for our family? Meaning, what is the requirement that w- they will be responsible right. for, right? Their right. part in it. Um you know, I know even today there are times where I will say, um, you know, this is part of what we signed up for as a family, you know, to my older kids. And they have zero um, regrets. They have zero um, resentment. Resentment. Or, yeah. Oh, no, 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 nothing. Yeah. I mean, they they love their, their little siblings, mm. and, you know, just as if they were born to our family. Right. right? And so, um, but we definitely included them at the very beginning. And just said, well, this is what this means. If you're saying, yes, we want to do this, it's not just bringing home a cute little snuggly baby. Mm -hmm. Um, There are all these other things that come along with that and allowing them to take ownership in that. So, um, you know, everything from, you know, bunking up our boys, you know, and and having to have a spare bedroom, which we didn't have, you know, five kids and we're in a four bedroom home. (laughs) Right. Right. Not like we have a giant house. Somebody's got to share. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So. All of those things, they had to have ownership and, and buy-in, mm-hmm. um, and they did, by God's grace. And then watching them love on mm. the, the yes. little ones as they come in, mm-hmm. and then just watching them grow together. Uh-huh. But then, you know, when they're six to six and eight and ten years apart, right. there's there's a 
there's a there's a distance there and you don't always into the same things, but right. just watching them, love on them, care for them, dote on them, take care of them has been amazing. And one thing that I never I, it just wasn't on my radar when right. we first started down this journey. And it's been awesome. Yeah. It's been wonderful. And then to even see um, how the Lord has knit them together with personalities. Oh. And so our 19-year-old and our 11-year-old are very similar. Uh-huh. Just the way that the Lord has wired them uh-huh. and gifted them and the things they're interested in. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's just it's a and lot of he, fun. Only God can do that kind That's of stuff. Right. That's so right. true. You know, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, and it's cool to our older kids. Um, some of the fruit we've seen is that they are – I'm almost positive all three of them have said, I'm making sure that I'm remembering that correctly, but I know that at least two of them, I think all three of them have said that they now, they want to adopt. Um, now, when they're parents, they want to adopt. And then, you know, our our little ones are different ethnicities than we are uh-huh. and different ethnicities, ethnicities than each other. And so our kids are um, aware of and passionate about mm. treating all people with the dignity that they deserve because you're created in the image of God, regardless right. of any ethnicity or cultural differences. Right. And so um, that's something that I don't think they would have necessarily wouldn't have been as personal yeah, if for they sure. didn't have siblings that didn't look like them. For sure. Um, yeah. And so that's been such a gift that we didn't foresee that, you know, we just told the Lord, whatever you have for us is what we'll do. Yeah. Um, and he's used those things to really mm-hmm. um, sow into our older kiddos. And it's been neat too, because even though they are different ethnicities, so for example, my daughter um, will say she and Daryl have the same eyes, you know, my little one. And oh they're not gosh. biologically related, but yes. they really do have the same eyes. Yes. It's super cool. So we're yes. able to find those similarities um, where they don't feel different, you know, necessarily. Right. right. So um, anyway, it's been neat. That is awesome. So in what ways has fostering adoption pointed you towards Jesus? Mm-hmm. Well, I'll, I'll I'll answer that for um, for us for me, and then you can add to it. But we kind of talked about this uh, earlier. We were um, stunned at you think you understand the love of the mm-hmm. Father, right? And mm-hmm. when you are become a parent, He reveals even more of His yes, love to yeah. you. There are so many passages in Scripture that talk about believers being adopted mm-hmm. into His family. Yeah. Um, and our love for our kiddos that came to us through adoption is no different. I'm going to cry. It's no different than those that came to us through the womb. Yeah. And how the love of the father, it doesn't matter that we were adopted, quote unquote, right. into his family. Like that is a beautiful thing, right. you know, and right. even getting to point to in scripture, Jesus was adopted by Joseph. Um, oh. Moses was adopted by Pharaoh's daughter. Oh like gosh, there are yes. so many um Manasseh was adopted um, by Jacob. So that was Joseph's son. Uh-huh. He became part of the half, you know, yes, half tribe of Manasseh. Yes. So um, there's so many people in scripture where adoption is woven through mm-hmm. the whole thing. And mm-hmm. so I think it just allowed us to see a different um, element, a different layer right. of the father's love for right. us. Um, right. For his it's children. Where you see your children. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Well, what about you? Do you have the same answer? Yeah, I mean that was beautiful. So yeah, I don't, I don't, don't have, I don't have, a, I don't have a better answer than that. <laughs> I would just say that um, I guess maybe just to add on to that is it's it's also the same thing with you know your community, mm-hmm. uh, your neighbor, mm-hmm. your coworker. It just it kind of give it just gives you like oh there's the love that you can have. I think for so long I thought about oh it's got to be biological. It has to be blood. Mm-hmm. And yeah, um, when you adopt and then you do think about how you've been adopted into uh-huh. the Lord's family yeah. and how, but then you start thinking about your church body yeah. and you start thinking about um, how we're supposed to love one another uh-huh. and care for one another so good. and bear each other's burdens. And you, you just think about that a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. I think um, mm-hmm. on the other side of that, that I don't, I would, I don't think I would have thought about right. it. Before, Like you see the way your kids love each other as siblings and accept each other as siblings, even when maybe they're a little annoyed or whatever, you know, it's not perfect, but it's like, that's how we are supposed to treat Mm -hmm. our brothers and sisters in Christ, you know? Exactly. Yeah. It's really good. Um, 
Okay, I want to jump to education. Y'all's philosophy on education. I am <laughs> so it. excited about this. <laughs> so just well, we've done just it start, all, sister. Yeah. <laughs> just start. Okay, so um, our I was the mama that when I had I had my little my sorry my older two were like you know two and well I guess it would have been three and one mm-hmm. and I. He was my firstborn is very strong willed and he will hear this and he'll say, yeah, I was, I am still, um, he was very strong willed and I was like, oh my word, he's got to be in something like he has to be mm-hmm. in preschool. He's got to be, I need, I need help. I need right. a break. Right. And so, um, I was that mama. We put him in what, five days a week, um, at a little Montessori school. Mm-hmm. It was only in the morning, but, um, I think when he was three years old. So, um, but I was on Young Life staff prior to having kiddos, and okay. I had this amazing mentor um, family, and they homeschooled their kiddos. And I used to always look at them and say and see these amazing children. And um, the way that my mentor and um, her husband parented, the way they discipled, it was just a beautiful picture. Mm-hmm. And I always really liked that. And so um, – I think that was my first exposure to kind of what, how I wanted my kiddos to be, right? Right. Like we, like we haven't any control at all, but that was my prayer. Lord, I want them to be like that. So help me help us to do that. So, um, when it was time to go to full-time kindergarten, um, I just felt like that wasn't the right model for us. Mm -hmm. Um, didn't, even though at the time, you know, like I said, I was wanting him in, so I needed help. But I just was convicted that that wasn't the right thing for him and for yeah. us um, going into kindergarten. And so we found a university model school and we enrolled him there. And for a couple of years, he did that where he would go two days a week. Mm-hmm. And then the other three days, I would um, do the work at home. What's a university model school? Oh, uh, Where they meet a couple of days a week. Um, okay. So they have instruction a couple of days a week. And then you do the rest of the work at home okay. um, with them. And so... Um, we did that for a while and we, then I just kind of thought, you know, I can do this and mm-hmm. I'm a little bit more free flowing and I didn't love some of the structure that it requires, which at first I thought I needed it. And then I realized I didn't really want it. Um, and so we decided to homeschool. We homeschooled our older three until um, my oldest was in sixth grade. Okay. And at that point, you know, we had had a community, a great community and some um, people had moved away and things were just kind of shifting and changing. Mm-hmm. And he really wanted biblical community. He wanted to be with friends. Your he wanted sixth grader to, did. My sixth grader. Okay. He's just yes. articulating like, I want friends that are. <clears throat> yeah. Yes. Wow. And okay. He, um, there's a little strong willed going right. on as well. <laughs> yeah. And there's yes. a little and bit And we had of, some conflict. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Our oldest and Terrilyn are wired very, uh-huh. they're very similar. Uh-huh. I got and it. So there's a little bit of that going on too. Uh-huh. Yeah. We were, we were butting heads and I was, you know, some days poor Daryl would come home and I'd be like, I cannot do this. Not one more day. I cannot homeschool them anymore. And, um, and so we made the decision to allow him to go to school. So we did a private Christian school. Okay. And just um, for your oldest, just for my oldest okay. at the time. Yep. And he really thrived there and, um, he loved it. It was a great school, got a good education. Um, and he did great. Then we have our next one coming up and he is a, like a great homeschool student, except for the, if he was in a regular classroom when he was little, he would have been in the principal's office all the time. Oh gosh. He could not sit still. <laughs> okay. And so when, I mean, I tell this story, we would be out on the trampoline and I would be reading out loud to him and he would be jumping on the trampoline while I was reading out loud. He would stand up and wiggle while he was doing his math lessons. Like he he always had to have something in his hands, yes. kinesthetic. Yes. Um, and so um, that was his learning style, mm-hmm. right? So every kiddo has a different learning For style. Sure. For sure. And um, I just knew that a classroom setting was not going to be a good fit for him. Right. And so um, he just stayed at home. And then his freshman year, he wanted to try uh, charter school. He's very He was very STEM-oriented, and he wanted to try this STEM charter school. And so oh. we were like, okay, let's Wait. try it. Okay, how, he just found a charter school that he wanted to go to, or how did that work? We um, we have some friends who started or were part of um, Responsive Ed. I don't know if you've heard. Okay. They do um, like Founders yeah. Classical Academy, that kind of thing. Okay. And um, they have a charter school um, that's STEM charter school. And so we said, yes, you can try that if you want to try that. And so he did one year there, and 
he didn't like it, wasn't, wasn't the greatest fit for him. And so uh-huh. he said, can I please come home and graduate from classical conversations, which is what we do is our, yes. our um, homeschool. And uh, so that was just different for him. That's what he wanted right. and he needed. And we had known going into it that our kiddos, um, they're all very different, right? And yeah. so every year, I guess this is the foundation of it, is that we said from the very beginning, we would ask the Lord every year for every kid, what do you have for this child for this year? Uh-huh. So we just never had the mentality that all of our kids are going to do the same thing, that all of our kids are going to go to this one school, that we will be a you know, blank family. So meaning we'll be a you know, Providence family or we'll yes. be at whatever. Yes. We just asked the Lord and he led our kids to different things. Right. Um, our daughters, um, our next daughter, she in um, seventh grade, uh, summer before eighth grade, I guess, she kept coming to us saying, I feel called to the public schools. And we, I, I won't speak for Daryl. I was kind of like, wait, what? What? No, 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 you don't. <laughs> No, you don't. Like a little bit of fear in that. A little yes, bit. Yeah. yeah just because we had not done. That's one of we had not done. Right. Yes. So we've done university model. <laughs> like, we've please, done private. Can you just choose one and we've already done. So. <laughs> we've done charter. Yeah. And so she's like, I feel called to the local public school. And we I just thought, no, no, you don't. Um, and so um Daryl again in his wisdom said to my daughter and to me, said, We need to pray about this separately. Like we need to ask the Lord. He told Lin- Lindley, my daughter, uh-huh. You need to pray and ask the Lord that we'll get all, all we will all get on the same page, and um, we will, Mom and I will pray as well. And so again, we prayed and came back together, and he and I talked about it first. And he said, "What do you think?" And I said, oh, "I think she's right. I think she go. is supposed to go." And he said, "So do I." <laughs> so um, she is amazing. She started eighth grade. Yes, nine weeks in, actually eight weeks in when it had already started. You know, eighth grade is hard. Oh my gosh! Middle school girls are not the and nicest. And to start in eighth grade, and she's never been to a school in her whole life except for preschool. Um, and she just told me, she said, you know, it's kind of. She felt like it was kind of like language school. Missionaries have to go to a language school, right? Yes. If they um, are going into a foreign culture, yeah. <laughs> and she's that's kind of how she looked at it. And she's like, I feel called to, you know, our local high school specifically, and so I need to go and learn how this is done. This is a different culture. Um, and it was a tough year. She would get out of the car. She'd cry. Aww. And I kept saying, you can come back home. You don't have to do this. And she oh said, no, I, I can't. The Lord is asking this of me. Oh, my gosh. And so she stuck it out. And um, it's been really cool because she actually has been a missionary at her little, school. yeah, her, her local high school. She's during COVID. She started a um, Bible study out on our back porch, uh-uh. started out with five eight ish kiddos. And, um, I think they're up to consistent 25, 30 every single week. I think we've even had close to 50 kids at our house. Just most of them are non-believers, but she's, it's a worship and praise time. And then they study some scripture together and have prayer time. And she's been able to baptize a couple of her friends at church and everything. So she's, she was right. And the Lord did that. Um, so what what was so hard? Like what was she crying about? What was so hard? What what about the transition hard? was hard? Yeah, um, I think she um, number one she had a terrible math teacher. Me, mom, oh no, <laughs> preparing her to go into. I didn't teach Common Core stuff, so I she went in thinking this is a totally different way of learning math Got than what it. she was used to. Um, that was hard for her, but mostly it was just the culture. She didn't have any friends. She knew one girl in the whole oh, school. Oh my gosh. Um, and so she was lonely and um, it just was hard. She wasn't used to being gone and going from eight o'clock in the morning until four mm-hmm. in the afternoon. And, um, you know, she had to take a theater class as an elective that was a sixth grade class. And she's, you know, five, nine, and she was in eighth grade oh. and she just felt like a fish out of water. Yeah. Um, and Mostly just people were kind of not very nice I to the know. new girl. Oh. Um, and so, but the Lord did bring some friends kind of second semester mm-hmm. and um, those friendships have blossomed. And those are some of the girls, one of those girls, actually, she was able to baptize at church um, just this past couple months. That so, is amazing. Yeah. So our philosophy has always just been, there's not one right thing mm-hmm. For that is right for every kid. Universally right. There's right. not, That's we fine. are not one of those families that like is saying, oh, you have to homeschool. And if you don't homeschool, 
you're not discipling your kiddos. Right. Well. You know, it, it just depends on what the Lord has for them. Has for them. Yeah. So I've got lots of friends that are, they'll come to me and they'll be like, okay, you've done all of the things. So what's the best? What? Yes. And my answer is just, what is the Lord asking yeah. of you and you are, yeah. what is right for your kid? Yeah. Right. Because education is so much more than just academics. Mm-hmm. And we don't know ultimately what he's preparing our kids for. Yes. And so we have to be really open-handed with what he's asking us to do with each kid. And we've also been asking our kids along the way as well. So it's a a conversation Uh with our children Mm -hmm. as well. And I would say more times than not, they were probably the ones leading, leading, leaning in a certain direction. Mm -hmm. And, And it was pretty much... All of them have been doing that so far. So far, yeah. yeah. And it's just kind of, you know, up to us to talk, guide, pray. Mm-hmm. Is this the right thing for them based yeah. on how they're wired, right. how they're gifted? Um, yeah. And their faith, too. So, you know, we um, we knew that all three of our older kids specifically had a really, really good foundation. And they all, you know, profess faith in the Lord. And they all said, I feel like this is what I'm supposed mm-hmm. to do. Um trusting that they have the same Holy Spirit in them that mm-hmm. we have in us. Yes. yes, we have more wisdom and life experience, but, you know, the Bible says that they have the same Holy Spirit that we do. And so, and he leads his children, right? Yeah. And he leads. Um, so, I mean, that was part of it as far as Daryl said, um, allowing them to have a voice and take right. ownership. Right. Um, I love that. Yeah. My next one is, is only 11. And I ask her, you know, what, what do you think? You know, she's going into sixth grade and what do you think? Do you have a desire? Do you have a prompting? And she's like, Oh, I want to stay at home. <laughs> I want to stay doing CC, which is what she loved, what they yeah. love so far and has a great little group of friends. Right. So. What is CC? What is classical conversations? Yeah. <laughs> um, classical I, think, conversa- I think you could be a podcast. <laughs> I know. <Darryl. laughs> classical conversations is a, um, they say when it's classical Christian community, so you do you you homeschool in community. You go one day a week, and um, the kids are presented with their material by a tutor, a parent tutor. Okay. Um, and then throughout the week, we do the stuff at home that that was that was presented on what they call your community day. So, right. like our family goes on Mondays, we go to our community. Our kids get their stuff for the week, uh-huh. and then we do it during the rest week. of the week. Uh-huh. And so how did you land on that specific homeschool? Because aren't there a lot of different homeschooling? Yeah, there are. We've done a lot of them, actually. Um, I, I say that it kind of saved saved my homeschool because I had homeschooled already about seven years um, just doing it with other families, but a different curriculum. Right. And um, I was tired and kind of burned out. Yeah. And a friend of mine was like, well, you probably should look at this because it's something where you go, you know, your kids have friends, they have Uh a classroom experience. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a set curriculum. It's presented by quote unquote teacher. They don't call it the teacher because the parent technically is the teacher, but they present it. It's presented by a tutor, but the kids don't know the difference. They think it's the teacher. Right. Um, So, you know, it gave them classroom experience and it gave, gives mama um, some friends, Uh but, and mamas have to stay until your kids are in, um, seventh grade, and then you can drop off. But sometimes it's dads and dads. That's true. There are not some this dads. dad, but sometimes <laughs> it's dads. Yeah. yeah, there's a youth pastor who is um, on our teaching team at our community, and he is fantastic. And he is the one who's there with his kids. Huh. And um, yeah, so so that's that. Does that describe? I mean, is that clear? I don't know if that's yeah, clear. Yeah. We know what it is, so I'm not yes. sure if I'm being clear or not. Yes, but, but that's why it helped. You, choosing yes. that model yes. was where you needed to be at this season after yes. so many years of doing Yes, that. exactly. It gave me just a little, like a little bit of, um, there's a structure. I also knew that if they wanted to continue through high school, mm-hmm. there was a set curriculum with hours, you know, like uh-huh. the, all the credits that you need yes. to graduate and to get scholarships and to take dual credit classes and yes. all of that. So there was a scaffolding, so to speak, to build uh-huh. on that they had already set for me. Right. And I didn't have to figure all that out on my huh. own, which there are many talented mamas who can I just, it was very overwhelming. To right. Me. Um, and so, and again, my kids, friends, community, community is so important. Yeah. So. It's given you community. It's given me right. community. Yeah. It's, yep. it's a beautiful community. It is fantastic. Yeah. So you, t- you mentioned certain days feeling like I am losing my mind. I can't do this <laughs> another day. Yes. 
okay, one, what do you say? What do you do in those moments? And then how do you make it to the next day? Get past it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think in those, and, and we haven't had one of those days in a long time, but there, yeah, there was a season where we had quite a few of those, <laughs> um, basically trying not to make decisions when the emotions are heightened. Yeah. Um, trying to encourage rest, uh-huh. trying to encourage, Hey, does, does mama need some time away? Uh-huh. Um, we have, um, anytime like if Terilyn doesn't have a Sabbath, if she doesn't have a day off, if she doesn't get a weekend away here and there, yeah, um, it's not healthy for her, right? Mm-hmm. And it's not good for the whole family, uh-huh. and everybody can feel it. <laughs> and yeah. same, same way with Dad, and, right? And all of us when yeah. we get tired and worn out, yes. And, and so, um, just in those seasons, we've tried to whether it's Mom's Day Out or. Now there's a there's a community in Flower Mound called Arrow, which mm-hmm. which is which is it's a lot more. It's not a mom. It's a co-op. Yeah, it's a co-op. Yeah, the way that you can drop them off and they can take classes. You can do oh. one class or you can do a whole day worth of classes. Oh, got it. Okay. Mm-hmm. But mainly of just we're gonna pray about it, but we're not gonna make a decision now. Like yeah. we're not gonna make a decision on a day when a lot of things didn't go well, right? And when we're worn out and tired, right? Let's. Take some time. Yes. And, and yeah. but also always saying we we can do whatever. Like we don't have to homeschool. That's good. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. we can we can do public school, we can do private school, assuming the, the Lord provides those finances. Right. But we we can do whatever. We don't have to do this. Yeah. And so it's it's gotta be something that we feel like we're supposed to do. Uh-huh. Um, and what we're being called to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so just always kind of having those conversations, it's just not not making the decision in the heat yeah, of the moment. That's good. Yeah. He talks me off the ledge. Can you tell he's super duper steady? He's like way steady <laughs> and calming. and fairly steady <laughs> to me. I don't know. I think, he's, but yeah, there's a, there's a step. There's, I'm the more emotional one, which, you know, I'm sure most women are, but not, yeah. not all. And, yeah. and, and when I'm down in the trenches with the kiddos, um, especially there was a time, right. When I had all five of them at home, my oldest was already in school, uh-huh. you know, but, you know, we had with foster care, you have people in and out of your house all the time. You've got yes. all, you know, caseworkers, attorneys, CASA, all, you know, your own agency worker, that kind of thing all the time. And so there was a lot of stress and there were definitely days where I would be like, I cannot do this. This is way too much. And um, he was always very steady and he would say, okay, we don't have to, but let's not make any decisions now. Like yeah. he just said. And I think what he, this is key. I have to have a Sabbath. And so I think with mamas, a lot of times, especially when you have young kids, it's really hard to have a Sabbath because who's going to make food? Who's going to change diapers? Who's going to, I know, well, you don't ever get a day off from being a mom. Right. But what it's he, not a nine to five job. It's, it's a definitely constant. not. Right. Yes. And yeah. so he made a way for me to be able to take the kids, drop them off at a place that I felt good about. Mm-hmm. They're still getting enrichment there. They love it. Um, and I get that, you know, five hours or whatever it is all to myself. Yes. And there's no expectation. I do not go to go home and clean. I do not. I might go to Target. I was going to say I don't go to the grocery store. I might go to Target and walk around. I mean, but I, you know, come on. That's, that's very refreshing. It is. <laughs> it's like right? Target or yeah, stores. Exactly. <laughs> so, but I don't, I try not to work yes. quote unquote on those days. Yes. Um, dirt well during that time. And so that's been such a blessing. Um, and we actually make room for that in our budget. Like it's a thing that we need to do in order to sustain that um, is so calling. good. So it's it's. What do you mean you make room for it in the budget? Like what? Well, it's it's just it's a priority. I yeah. mean, so for as far as our our budget, so as far as our monthly income, it's, yeah, it's just it's a priority for us. So you, if it's like I'm just trying to like, what does the Sabbath look like for you? Like possibly going to Target, not working. It depends on how I'm feeling that day. So okay. Sometimes I'm like, I want to get up and I want to drop the kids off and then I want to go work out and I want to, mm-hmm. um, you know, go to Target or I want to go, I don't know, um, poke around South Lake Town Square or you yes. know, something like that. Some days I just want to go home and I want to sit with the Lord and oh, I want to just yeah. be in my sweats and drink a cup of coffee that you know, or several cups of coffee yeah. that last me the whole five hours. I yeah. just want to be at home in the silence. Yes. Um, so it just really depends on 
how I'm feeling. Sometimes yeah. I'll meet a friend for lunch. I try not to just because I feel like I need to protect that time. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of it is spent in silence, but most of it is just spent in solitude, like by myself yeah. um, with the Lord. Do you so, do this weekly? During the school year, yes. Okay. During the summer, I struggle a little bit more. Things are a little bit more chaotic. I know. Um, what do you do? Well, about to be that? fair, I have built-in babysitters now. Okay. So, um, you know, I'm not the the normal mama who's got like, you know, five kids under the age of, you know, ten or something like that, or yes. three kids under the age of ten, yeah. or two kids under the age of eight or whatever. Um, so I do have my built-in babysitters. So I right. will leave them with the older That's kids nice. in, yeah. for a couple of hours, kind of yeah. a thing. Um, but the summers are harder. It I mean, is harder. Be real. I feel They're like it, that. I feel yeah. like that too. It's also been going kind of back to the days that when it was hard at home, homeschooling, anytime we've had a little one who I would say is under the age of four, four. Mm-hmm. because you're trying to teach an older one and you have a younger one mm-hmm. who needs attention. Absolutely. And I think anytime we've been in those seasons, yeah. um, that's always been more challenging right. as well. Right. Well, every season of parenting has its challenges, but I mm-hmm. do feel like under the age of four, you're just the physical demands mm-hmm. of it are mm-hmm. a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's hard to find pockets of rest yeah. or, you know, yeah, and it gets right. better. Every, it does get better, but it, yeah. so a friend of mine told me, and I thought this was very wise. She said this before I got there, but she said, you're in the little, the little people phase and the little yep. people phase is the physical phase. Yes. But then when you get to the preteen and then the teenage phase, it's more emotional mm-hmm. and 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 mental, so to speak. And she was 100% right. Mm-hmm. And so I really do try to make myself available to my older kids, especially my daughter, just because there's a mother-daughter yes. connection yes. there, to talk and to talk through emotional things and to um, give her advice when she asks for it and sometimes when she doesn't and, you know, that kind of yes. thing. Um but I have to make myself available for when right. she's wanting to talk. Um, and sometimes she doesn't want to talk and I go in and make her anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have to carve out the mental space for exactly. that too. And which is be- why the five hours of quiet helps right. you then be for in a sure. better place for the um, – For sure. You know. And you have to be like, no, I'm not going to – I'm going to put this phone away. I'm going to take this Apple Watch yes. off. I'm not going to be distracted. I want to be all present for you even though it's you know 930 at night and I yeah. really just want to go – sit in my bed and watch a show or something. So that's good. Um, it's, it's, it has to be intentional. Mm -hmm. It just does because at least for me, life will, I will let the distractions take over. Right. So Daryl, do you have a Sabbath? I struggle. (laughs) Uh, so I've gone through seasons where I try, um, Saturdays seem to be, I've had more success trying to make Saturdays a Sabbath Mm -hmm. than I have any other day of the week. Okay. Definitely not Monday through Friday. No. Just normal work. Um, well, and he was an elder for the last seven years at our church. And so that a lot of their stuff would happen on Sundays or meeting or care cases or things like that. So Sundays were not necessarily work related, but they were church work related. Right. So. Right. Yeah. Um, but I, I mean, I've struggled to do it consistently, yeah. quite honestly. And so, but when I've had more success, it feels like Saturdays have been the best. Mm-hmm. Um I also think that um, trying to rethink what Sabbath is. Yeah. And so n- instead of it being about just rest or play or, you know, something about me, 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 uh-huh. more about um, maybe instead of pursuing those things, what about, you know, pursuing the Lord? And so, yeah. you know, and, and so there's a, I'm still processing, I think, what Sabbath is and what it's not. Mm-hmm. And I yep. think for a long time, one, I think I just ignored it, period, for a yeah. long time. Yeah. And then I think I said, oh, I felt convicted. I needed to pursue this. And I think for so long I made it about comfort mm-hmm. instead yeah. of um, instead of being filled by the only one that can yes. fill us up. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so that's kind of what I would say. Yeah. I think it's that's kind of the the journey or the that's process good. and kind of where I'm where where I am. But mm-hmm. then there's also the reality of baseball games and basketball games I and know. whatever else is going on. Right. So, yeah, right. Which I think is a good transition to this question of how do y'all make sure that Jesus is the priority? Mm-hmm. You know, it's just busy. You're pulled mm-hmm. in all these directions. Mm-hmm. What does that look like? Um, 
uh, I think spiritual disciplines, you know, it's, yeah. Talk it's, about those. Yeah. Like, what are the, I mean, what are your so, disciplines? Um, I think spiritual disciplines, they're, you know, they've been, um, through the history of the church, they're there for a reason. Uh-huh. And if we won't ignore them and if we'll pursue them and, you know, it's not fun to necessarily think of the word mm-hmm. discipline, mm-hmm. but um, it's so good. It's so time in the word, mm-hmm. um, prayer, mm-hmm. worship, mm-hmm. you know, and, and worship can look like a lot of different things. Yep. But I do think being a part of a gathering, mm-hmm. uh, being a part of a body, um, mm-hmm. there is something to um physically being there and being mm. together mm-hmm. uh, versus doing it virtually. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, being a part of a community mm-hmm. um, where you can share, where yeah. you can be poured into, where you can pour into others, where you can, some, somebody can help lift your arms yeah. and at the same time you yeah. can help lift theirs. Um, I think all of those things, those are all spiritual disciplines, right? Um, Sabbath, fasting, right? Those are all spiritual disciplines that, um, it's real easy to kind of drift. I know. And and we I drift. Yes. And so, but to get back into those things, um, to serve, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. um, mm-hmm. being thankful yeah. and stopping kind of doing a yeah. like, man, the Lord, look, look at all the things the Lord has provided. Yep. You know, this my wife, my children, my house, my job, my right. salvation, my, right. you know, mm-hmm. um, just actually stopping and thinking of all of those things yeah. um, can can stir. To do all these disciplines, would y'all say you've said no to a lot, some things like in order to have time for that? So I, I think of a, a friend as a former pastor at our church who's now gone and planted in another church up in Prosper, uh-huh. but um, he talked about good, better, best. Uh-huh. And so there are a lot of things that you know, at some point, hopefully, in our in our walk and our sanctification, we're um, to steal a line from Matt, our lead pastor. So you know, yeah. Yeah, you're not off doing crack, probably. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but you know, maybe you know, good, better, best. And so, as you evaluate opportunities and things that you could mm-hmm. be doing, mm-hmm. there might be a lot of things that are good, right? But it's not the best yeah. things, you know, and yeah, so yeah. trying to and I'm not saying that's easy. Mm-hmm. Um, that's hard. And you kind of have you have to be intentional. And yep. um, some of us are wired to say no too often. And some of us are wired to say, you know, not yes. no, not enough yeah, and yeah, saying yeah. yes all the time and uh-huh. doing it out of feel like an obligation. Mm-hmm. And so trying to think through, pray through, ask for wise counsel mm-hmm. from your right. spouse or your friends right. or your community about good, better, best, and trying to understand how you're wired and gifted uh-huh. and what is what fills you up. What is life giving versus life draining? Yes. Mm-hmm. Like take the time to think through these mm-hmm. things. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. And I do think you have to say no to some things. So like back to the Sabbath example, um, you know, there have been many times where, you know, I love having coffee with a friend. That's such a, I love doing that. But there are times where I'm like, no, I need to not do that. I need to protect this, this solitude because otherwise good, I yeah. don't get the solitude because I have five kiddos and a husband and two mm-hmm. dogs and, you know, it's not quiet in my house mm-hmm. ever. <laughs> and so I have to say, no, I can't have coffee today because it's my Friday. And so you just, you know, I mean, it, that's a good thing, that time with your friend. It is. Yeah. But what is better right now is this solitude with the Lord. Right. And so I think you do have to say no to things. Right. Um, we struggle to say no to things. And I really do mean we, both of us. Yes, we do. Absolutely. <laughs> we do. We say yes to a lot of things. Right. But. Right. But yeah, it's reflecting. Why did we say yes to that? Did that, was that our best use mm-hmm. of time? Was that mm-hmm. life giving? Was that mm-hmm. what, you know, I yeah. think you kind of just have to have like a constant analysis of how, how am I doing spiritually and what am I saying yes to? And what am I saying no to, you know? Yep, exactly. Um, and I do think that's, it's just hard when you've got like five kids and mm-hmm. there's someone gave me some, um, some advice one time. I don't remember who it was. Maybe I read it somewhere actually. Now that I'm saying that out loud, they said, um, basically like if you have a problem saying no to things or if you, like, I tend to be a people pleaser. Like I yes. want to, I want to say yes, mm-hmm. because I want people to like me right. and I want to serve them. And I want to, um, but they said, um, have your default be, um, I don't think I have the margin for that, 
say no first, but let me ask the Lord and I'll get back with you. So instead of saying, yes, I think I can do that, but let me ask the Lord, have your default be, I don't think I can, but I'll double check when ask the Lord. And then that's come good. Back. And I was like, that's really good because my default has always been, yes, yeah, I think I can do that. Mm -hmm. And then I come back and go, oh, I'm so sorry. I don't think I can or, yes. or I don't. And I do and it. Then and then you then feel I'm, badly mm -hmm. coming back and saying no. Exactly. Yeah. It's yeah. like exactly. you're actually... Uh, if you come back and say yes, it's like, wow. Yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> you know? Yeah. That's good. Um, how have you determined where and how much time you serve, like, on, in organizations and in the places like your church and CASA and that kind mm -hmm. of thing? I don't know. That's a hard one. Yeah. I, I, th I mean, the, I think the honest answer is we've said yes to whatever whatever we felt like, we, or whatever we've been asked to do or right. whatever we whatever we were doing, whatever we were choosing to do. Um, I think more times than not, honestly, we've just said yes to that. And we haven't put, we put some thought into um, the time commitment, mm -hmm. you know, counting the cost. Right. And by cost, most usually that's time. Right. And time to, is a, the older I get is a more and more valuable resource. Uh -huh. It feels like, uh -huh. um, but I don't know that we've, I think more times than not, we felt led to do something and that's what we were supposed to do. Understanding what the cost is, but not necessarily saying, putting it in a box and saying, right. I can only do this. Right. You yeah. just kind of do what you have to do, I think, as far as when the Lord calls you to something. So, for example, you mentioned CASA. So I do serve as a CASA. Um, court appointed special advocate for kiddos in foster care. Uh -huh. And you go through training and they tell you this is the amount of hours that we think your case will probably take right. right, per week or per month or whatever. But the reality is, is you don't really know. And the same thing with him being an elder. You don't, you don't you're really right. know. You're right. And so you just, we just kind of say, okay, Lord, are you calling me to serve as a CASA? Are you calling him to be an elder at the village church? Yes. Okay. Then the Lord is going to provide what you need. Right. In order to be able to do a good job there, right? Yes. And so if he's called you to it, he's going to equip you for it. Yes, yes. And so I think that's... And at the same time, there are seasons you need to say no. For sure. So mm -hmm. you can pull back. Right. And um, not burn yourself out. Right. And so, and that's okay. Right. right. And exactly. it's actually healthier. Right. Mm -hmm. And... We have both. Mm -hmm. We have both been in seasons where it's not healthy, where it's go mm -hmm. go 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 go. Yeah. Um, and I think we've just learned, or are learning, mm -hmm. um, that you just have to say no and you have to pull back. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think we make space for each other to do things too. So, like he's super understanding when you know I've got something that goes until seven, and guess what? We're gonna have to order takeout <laughs> or something for dinner. And or he's got overnight trips for whatever he's doing. And I'm like, yes, absolutely, go do that. So right. we really make space for each other to fulfill the commitments that we feel like the Lord has called us to. Yeah. But before we get into those commitments, we talk about them together, pray for one another, pray for wisdom uh -huh. as a couple. How is this gonna affect our family? Yes. So yeah. And we've I mean, especially for the I would say the bigger things, the larger commitments. Um, we've brought our kids yeah. in on that conversation uh -huh. as well. Yeah. So they've been a part of that. And as well. so they know, like, my dad's not going to be here on Sunday because he's got all this stuff exactly. with church to do. Exactly. And they were a part of the decision. Yes. So exactly. it's not this like resentment of like. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. And then they're honestly kind of, they're proud of it, you know? Yes. They get their, yes. In a good way. You know, yes. they're, they're proud of their daddy or, you know, my, even my little kids, they understand why I'm, I serve with CASA. Like, you know, sometimes I'm like, why am I going to spend time with this little child, even though I have two of my own I at know. home still, right. right? And so if I'm going to take this little girl for ice cream, you know, there's like this like pull sometimes, like I could be taking my little girl for ice cream, but my kids understand know that those kiddos need somebody like they have me all the time right and these other kiddos need somebody uh -huh. to do that for them yeah. too and so there's a they're they get it and mm -hmm. they're kind of proud that their mama does that yeah. you know so anyway it's good it's sweet okay you've talked about so many things i just want to be sure if there was other things you want to share about de parenting decisions you've made that have helped your kids have like a faith of their own <laughs> like i 
love so like all, you've shared a lot of things that contribute. Mission trips. Mm-hmm. So oh yeah. Okay. Short, talk about this. <laughs> short term mission trips. Um, I don't. I don't think, especially before college. Uh-huh. I think when yeah. our children have gone on short term mission trips, um, they have grown spiritually more in those week to two weeks than I think anything else they've ever done. Yeah. Agreed. Um, just yes. How yeah. did you do those? What What did this look like? Um, so we're blessed. And that, especially pre-pandemic, they're hopefully starting to come back more and more this year. But um, they are coming back this year. Mm-hmm. But um, we're blessed at our church that our church has done kind of as they start out younger. It might be first, it might be something local. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it might be South Texas. Mm-hmm. And then it might be Miami. And then it might be Guatemala. And then it eventually, like Kenya. senior year, it's Kenya. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, our church, we're, I'm blessed. We're blessed that we have opportunities to our mm-hmm. church to do that. Our mm-hmm. church has historically teamed up with what 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 was next, okay, um, which is now a part of East West Ministries. They okay. uh, merged with East West Ministries um, and a friend of ours, West Searcy, who who runs that. But they will they'll take teenagers, they'll take kids on mission trips. Oh my gosh! And they have partners. Um, wherever they're going, who are boots on the ground. Mm-hmm. And so there is a church, a community who is there, who they are teaming up with yeah. um, to serve, to build, to evangelize. Uh-huh. Um, and they do all the training. They teach the kids how to do that. Oh, that's and great. And that's awesome. Yeah. So your kids, it's like your whole family, is your whole family going on these trips or just one of your kids? Just the kids. Yeah. They used to have family trips. We never did one. Um, but we, you know, we did family camps with them when they were younger and that kind of thing, but for them to get to go by themselves, by themselves and yeah, not with mom and dad and experience a whole different culture and, you know, mission trips are really fun and really exciting and also can be hard too, depending on, you know, what you're encountering. And so they have to navigate that and they have leaders, of course, to go with them, them, but that's been huge for our kids and their spiritual development. Um, for sure. I also think prioritizing um, the Sunday gathering. So it's so um, easy these days to go, well, we have a soccer tournament, so we're not going to come to church on Sunday. We're going to miss. Um, and not that we never missed. Please don't hear me say that. We did t- at times, but um, we let coaches know early on that, you know, we are committed to church on Sundays and she may, you know, our daughter may or may not be there or that kind of thing. And so, um, like I said, Sometimes we chose soccer or whatever, basketball tournament or something, but those were fewer and farther between than, mm-hmm. than missing. Yeah. Um, and Why so, do you think that helped them? Because I think that, that they saw that as a priority, right? Like our, we weren't just saying it was a priority. We were making it a priority. Mm-hmm. That was, that was just the culture of our family. And now there are times where Daryl and I are like, I think I'm going to sleep in tomorrow. And my daughter who's 17 <laughs> oh is like, no, 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 I'm going. And she serves, you know, like she's like, I, I'm serving in kids. Village. I gotta go. I, I gotta yeah. go. And she'll drive herself, you know, so I it's, love a, it. it's yes. So I think modeling that for them, um, show them that that's a priority and that's, uh-huh. that's just what you do. And that's what they do now. And so it's become their own. Yeah. So their own convictions. Yeah. That's good to hear. You know, to hear a teenage parent say now they want to go on their own. Yeah. Because when you've got little kids, it's all up to you. Like it's it's up to Mm -hmm. you to Mm -hmm. get them all ready and Mm -hmm. get them out. And Mm -hmm. I feel like Sundays are the hardest days. Yep. Yep. There's every reason why you should just sleep in. and (laughs) Yes. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's something about Sundays that are very hard. Oh, for sure. Well, the and enemy doesn't want you going exactly. to church. <laughs> he doesn't want those kids in there. Exactly. You know, being those, loved on and hearing the gospel. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. Faith, if you're faithful and just do it like a discipline, mm-hmm. it matters. Yeah. It does matter. It really does. I think sometimes we can we think that it really doesn't. And what are they really getting? Exactly. Right. But they are getting something and the Lord honors it. Right. So, yeah. Anything else that you can think of? That- so Matt Chandler will talk about kindling. He calls it kindling. And Uh so he'll kind of say, you know, just put as much kindling around your children as possible. And so not, it's not one thing. It's just doing as many 
little things as possible yeah. over the yes. days and months yes. and years until that kindling lights. Uh -huh. And so... And the and Holy it, Spirit has to do the lighting, right? We yeah. as parents can't light it. Right. And so it's not one thing. And so, yes, the mission trips are awesome, but that might not be the best thing for another family or right. another child. But maybe it is um, a Bible study. Maybe it is... a a Christian rap concert, right, maybe right. It, it, you know, it could be all these different things for that child, mm -hmm. but it's, it's kindling that's constantly pointing them to Christ. Yeah, I really like that picture. Yeah. Yes. It's a bunch of little things and not one thing mm -hmm. is going to, that's why you think about if, if a student goes to one youth camp and go gets on fire for Jesus but does nothing else, mm -hmm. that fire might mm -hmm. most likely dies. Yeah. Yes. It, yeah. it was just a camp high. Right. It didn't really mean anything. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, not that it didn't mean anything, but it's like, yeah, you got to do more things. You got to keep providing little things. And that's a really good picture. I also think, um, you know, as parents, we can also invest in their friends too. Oh, so that's good. You know, our kids are, they are for better or worse influenced by who they hang out with. Right. Mm -hmm. And so if mm -hmm. you are bringing their friends into your home, you know, their friends, you're hosting a Bible study for their friends or a whatever you, yes. you know, you're just building relationships doesn't even have to be a Bible study necessarily. But, um, I do think the more you can sow the word into these kids, especially the younger they are, the better. Yeah. Um, I think there's a sweet spot right in the tween years, um, where you can gather a group of little girls in your home and you can, um, you know, teach them about the, uh -huh. the, the Lord and the gospel and the, the, the scriptures and all that. And then those girls grow together. And then they've got you as a safe place, the other mamas you're, you know, communicating with yes. and those girls grow together. Uh -huh. Um, and so your kids don't feel like they're on an Island by themselves. Right. Um, and so I think that helps them too, as they get older, when they become more peer dependent, mm -hmm. um, they kind of separate from mom and dad a little bit, right? And then right. they, yes, they're they're still peer dependent, but their their faith is still a big part of who they are. Yes, um, yeah, because they're with other believers. Yeah, so it goes back to the community. It's really good. You were going to say something. Oh, um, I was thinking one of the an another kind of example of kindling would be family camps, and so. Mm -hmm. um, Family camps aren't necessarily the most restful things in the world. <laughs> For mom and dad. Uh-uh. <laughs> Did y'all go to like, was it like Pine Cove or one of those kind so, of family uh, camps? So Young Life Family Camp, oh, yeah. Shepherd of the Ozarks in Arkansas, um, Canacuck. Uh -huh. And mm -hmm. so there, there were all of those opportunities mm -hmm. where they're being poured into yes. by someone else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're all having fun. Yeah. There's more times than not we're being poured into. Yeah. Um, there's also opportunities for family discipleship time as well. And so, yeah. you know, to this day, our kids remember that. Oh, stuff. yeah. And yeah. we've even asked the question before, um, hey, if you like, out of all the things that you've done. And so like even comparing it to Walt Disney World mm -hmm. and they'll be like, no, we'd rather do family. Care. I know. Mm -hmm. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Disney World is great. It's fun. But like it doesn't compare to Jesus. Like no, it just, no, it doesn't. That's, that's just right. the truth. Yeah. So and, and we we haven't been, but I know they're awesome. Pine Cove has a yes, great family yeah, camp. Yeah, Sky, Sky Ranch, Ranch has uh -huh. has great family camps. Yeah. There's there's multiple different family camps to go to. We just we just have never made it to those, and and actually have talked about doing it again with yeah. our younger two. Yeah, and and want to. Yeah, family family camp is a great if you're just like kind of feeling overwhelmed about this whole like discipling your family or what it's like it's a good kind of starting point for sure yep for sure. I, I don't know we we did it too our family did family camp it was great i think but. too serving with your kids so yeah. you know we keep going back to this like modeling for them and doing and doing it with them uh -huh. um but serving with your kids so some of the stuff we did when our kids were younger where we would serve at a a homeless ministry and we would just go and serve food or we would like my kids would get so much pride out of wiping down tables yeah um but just going and serving and talking, talking on the way, what are we going to go do? And why are we doing this? And um, not that we're better than any of these people. We love Jesus and we want to be the hands and feet of yes, Jesus for them. Yes. Um, and if they don't know Jesus, we will share Jesus with them yeah. kind of a thing. So everything from, and that can be something super easy where you do it 
you know, once a month in the summer, you know, right. We do it. We delivered groceries to, um, to older folks who were getting, um, food from kind of a food pantry during COVID uh-huh. and couldn't get out. And my younger two, my seven-year-old especially loved that so much. And he just felt so important and big oh to just take these boxes and then pray with the people that we oh were giving them to. Um, but it's so simple. Right. It's really not that big of a it's, deal. Exp- it's, it's getting a, in there. It's exposure. It's, it's two like, hours. Yeah. 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 On a Monday. It would, and it was, it's so impactful to them. Yeah. I told you there was a lot in there, right? So much good stuff. But if I had to put a big theme over this one, it would be this. Listen, listen, like that, that's the big theme. They listen to God. I love the part where they each took a break from researching, reading, hashing it out, and just stopped and listened to God. What an example. I heard stories about the way they listened to each other. Daryl listened to Tara Lynn when she reached a breaking point. Tara Lynn listened to Daryl's voice of reason. They listened to their kids as they expressed desires or promptings when it came to schooling. And I'm sure they would be the first to say they don't do this perfectly, but I appreciate their example and strive to be more like that. What if we spent more time listening to the voice in our life that really, really matters? God's voice. There's just a lot of noise out there. There are so many opinions on how to do things and what decisions we should make. And I think stopping Take a Sabbath, take a break from the noise, and take some time to listen. So speaking of listening, thank you for listening to this podcast. And I hope you've heard God through it and feel encouraged to be the person that God has created you to be. And hey, it would be a big help to me if you would rate and write a review on whatever platform you were listening to this podcast that helps more people hear these great stories from great people and if you would like to join y'all the monthly note from me you can sign up on my website for parentspodcast.com and it will hit your inbox once a month okay i will talk to you next time have a great week